on this week's show. FA Cup delight for Maidstone United. We hear from defender George Fowler. It's a great moment that myself and them aren't going to forget and obviously to share that and share that memory with them is, is phenomenal. A much needed win and a clean sheet as well. Ebbsfield United goalkeeper Mark Cousins keeps the faith. We, we, we know we've got enough in this change room to stay up defensively. We do need to improve as a team, but we are getting there. I think that Saturday just showed it. We were very resilient. The new man is in at Faversham Town. We hear from Tommy Warlow. It's nowhere near, nowhere near what people are saying. This is a good budget, but not to the extreme to what's been punted around. Fighting back after a tricky start to the season, Kennington boss Dan Scorer tells us all about it. We've had a tough go at it so far this year. There's been plenty of contributing factors, but you know we, we were keen to, to, to start the year on a positive. And welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. Uh, there were lots of kind words about last week's show, and although we've not got six interviews for you this time around, we've still managed to get four in the can for you to enjoy, including an FA Cup hero and a newly appointed manager. I'm dropping to do something utterly rebellious in a well-known supermarket this week. And all that I know is a man who I hope, like myself, has received today notification from that same supermarket about what products he's bought more than most. We all want to know if it's as middle class as the time it was Thanet's number one Brie buyer. It's the one and only Matt Gerard. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. No, no, I haven't received that yet. I was, oh, what? You, you, you are getting various things of how many steps I did in 2023 has flashed up this week. So, um, well, G's before P in the alphabet. So, um, disappointed I haven't had it yet. I'm sure I must have had something. We do buy a lot of Brie, so unless we've gone for different products, so and didn't go for the standard um, one which we did the previous years. So, um, no, what, what, what have you, what are you the most, have you got one? Well, so I, yeah, mine came through this afternoon, which is why I was thinking it'd be great. And um, I was in Tunbridge Wells. I mean, that's yeah. where I tend to do most of my shopping these days. Um, I was the seventh most prolific buyer, <laughs> and you're like this, of Yorkie Duo Raisin and Biscuit. Oh, yeah. there's six other people who like that chocolate bar. That is the, most crazy thing about that, if you just, if it was a double decker, I'd have given you maximum respect. Well, yeah, I, love but I'm a just, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm not, how can I put this? I'm not in the best shape. Uh, so I kind of worry about the six people who've eaten that more than me because, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I fear. I mean, you, you, you buy quite a bit. Would you, if I'd have said to you beforehand, it's going to be that, would you have said, yeah, probably? Um, no, I would probably have expected it more to be the sort of luncheon item that I would buy. Um, from that sort of area because you know I'm, I'm normally when i used to go to tunbridge wells to get the train i'd nine times out of ten nip into the sainsbury's opposite the station next to radio kent uh, and get my lunch so you know i was thinking like you know some sort of wrap or mccoy sort of your crisps or skips but no 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 it's the chocolate where i uh where i succeeded the most uh so well done to me um but yeah i got a lovely email from them Matt. I, i'm i'm gutted you didn't well, get yours do, if you've had a top 10 is they should say right Here's a free bar on us. That's what they should do if they want to. There you go, Mr. Um, Sainsbury's. Mr. Sainsbury. Offer that to the people. Yeah. So again, we go in there. Here's a pack voucher for some brie. But if I, I do anything do does pop up, I will let you know because we do spend a lot of money in Sainsbury's. There must be something we always eat. So um, from there, yeah. I should tell you that the, the act of rebellion that I uh, carried out in that yeah. aforementioned shop was. 
I need some cat litter, which I also thought, to be fair, I'd have been quite near the top of. Um, but I need some cat litter. They only had it on the very top shelf uh, in my local branch. And it said, this is for staff only. And I thought, I'm not going to go up to probably some woman or man who's five foot five and say, I'm sorry, can you reach that down for me? When, you know, I'm well over six foot myself and could quite easily reach it without any so if, uh, any problems. So if you'd have fallen and had broken your leg, what would have happened then? Well, I would have. I mean, I wouldn't have fallen because uh, I didn't have to like even really reach. Oh, right. um, but, you know, I mean, it really is my least favourite thing to buy because I literally am buying something just for the cats to poo in. Um, <laughs> I mean, Pro- probably we've been um, toilet rolls probably be in our house as well. Then so you on that basis. So we seem to go through that quite a bit as well. Well, yeah, which is too much information, really. Makeup wipes and stuff like that. Yeah, I imagine, oh, with, yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. We yeah. if if the kids had stuff yeah crap like that yeah that's well, basically all they got at Christmas is a lot of makeup honestly I don't know, did I mention this last week do you know what a serum is S E R U M it's some sort of like cream slash liquid yeah, sort of thing yeah yeah I, I I don't think it was a word when I was around as we've got a lot of serums so <laughs> I've only seen it on house, the telly in adverts that's I, I, that's my everything's entire a serum. Work knowledge of it yeah yeah so we might have any some female listeners who say, oh, yes, serum's the way. But again, too much. The word serum has been used too much in this house over the Christmas period. Oh, I've got this serum. When your second daughter was born, and I don't know if you knew that it was going to be another girl or anything like that. No, we we, we never knew both sexes when they were born. Was was there a time when the second one was born that you thought, this is going to be rough in about 10, 12 years' time? Uh, No, (laughs) probably not. But people that did say at the time, yeah, that, we found is that people we know uh, who've got boys, you have to wear them out because they're constantly going 24-7, 365 days a year So uh, on a boy. But girls, it's, it's it's a lot of backlash and a lot of huffing and puffing. When I, when I, I, think, I, I, I mean, I am, I am not a parent, so I can't comment on this, but I think it, it's probably worse to have boys until about 12 and then worse to have girls afterwards. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably yeah. about right. Yeah, so there's always, yeah. there's always, again, can you do this? And it's, Always, probably like boys, might always five minutes later, I have to ask the same bloody question. So, but you go. One more thing, actually, about children and supermarkets, as we've been talking about those things. I was I was in another supermarket today, the blue one, if you're uh, keeping count. And um, there was a, a couple in there, a young couple with four children and the four children running amok. And they were arguing over what drinks they want and everything like that. I don't understand. Uh, again, I'm not a parent. I don't understand why these people that are two parent families why one of them just doesn't say right i'll look after the kids you go and do the shopping why do they always have to inflict their children and their battles on me when i'm in the supermarket normally we i collect my shopping um so we don't go in but we did go in over the christmas period and after approximately five minutes of doing that with the kids um coming as well i realized there's a reason why we don't do this because it it just turns into arguments of we're having this, we don't like this and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, so me constantly going in and collecting is the way forward. And I don't really like going into supermarkets because it is chaos. A, with my kids, and you're right, with other people's kids running amok. 
Absolutely. I, I remember my mum and dad, like, my mum and dad are quite traditional in terms of who does what in the household. Um, but my dad has always done the shopping, which I understand is quite unusual um, for, for the older generation. But my dad has always done the shopping, but it used to be a running joke when I was about 14, 15, that if my mum went, it was a little bit more expensive. If I went, it was even more expensive. So, uh, you know, but uh, that's uh, that's part of part and parcel of... Uh, does he still do the shopping now, does he? I think they go together now. Um, but yeah, it would always be primarily him who did the shopping. Um, my, I think because my mum never drove, so that probably made a big difference. Um, but again, but again you, you can't understand, you know, of the days when it was a big thing to go to the shop if you do that rather than the internet collecting and things like that. So kids, kids, you know, some of the things when I come out with, when I talk about the 90s, the kids' eyes roll over when I say, oh, right. In the 90s. I'm, I'm turning into my mum and dad. Probably. Well, I hope you're going to sit those two girls down in front of the telly box on Saturday and say, this is the bloody 90s and show them gladiators because I've seen the trailer and it looks magnificent. Um, I think my wife went to watch it being filmed, the original one. So she is a big fan and we saw it on the telly so we can watch it. But again, um, I like Bradley Walsh on the chase, but he's no Awooga John Fashioner, is he? And he's no Awooga Johnson in her prime either. Well, you, is him being no John Fashionu necessarily a bad thing or primetime TV? I yeah. don't know. Uh, anyway, it's our 280th episode this week, and that's the denominator of the eighth harmonic number, an octagonal number, and there are 280 plain trees with 10 nodes. As a consequence of this, 18 people around a round table can shake hands with each other in non-crossing ways in 280 different ways. This includes rotations. I mean, fair play to whoever had the time to work that out. My brain is just not having that at all. It's just, I, I don't get these numbers things but i still like putting them in the show uh, anyway let's get on with the show and there's only one place we can start Manchester united were already reveling in their success of reaching the third round the first non-league side from the county to do it since we've been doing this show and now they're celebrating reaching round four after sam corn's penalty saw off stevenage matt spoke to a couple of stones heroes after the game we'll never guess who the other one was uh, but among them was defender george fowler yeah, alongside me, George Fowler, Maidstone defender. I interviewed you after the uh, Barrow game and yeah. you said that was a great day for the club and for you personally. What does this one do as you knocked out Stephen as you're in the fourth qualify- fourth round of the FA Cup? Yeah, I mean, that, that still hasn't sunk in. Um, obviously, it's, it's topped the last round. Um, we were the smallest team in it and now we've got ourselves to the fourth round. Boys, obviously ecstatic. Great performance and, um, yeah, everyone's obviously buzzing. I have to say, I think everybody's saying you deserve to win that. I thought your first-half performance was, as a team was absolutely superb. Yeah, um, and Gaffer and Craig said to us at the start, like, there's no reason to fear it. Obviously, the pressure's all on them. They're the bigger team. They're the team that's expected to win. So, And I think we showed that. We went out there. We, we probably played the better football in the first half. I think they, they probably had the better chance in the second half. But um, we stayed strong. We stayed resilient and obviously kept that clean sheet. We said, we don't lose the second half. We go on to win the game. That's exactly what we did. We drew 0-0 second half. Won the first half 1-0 and then... Yeah, taking the victory. What was the feeling before the game? You know, there's, not, you know, there's no pressure on you going into this. Um, everybody expected Stevenage to beat you. What did the manager say? Just, he was proud of us. We hadn't even kicked a football um, before the game. He said he was proud, proud of us already uh, for what we've done to get to this point. Um, and just sort of emphasise that there is no pressure on that so that we go out and just play some free-flowing football. Um, don't respect the opposition in the sense where we're not sort of sat off them. We get stuck in. Uh, we don't let them bully us. Um, and I think we did that. So, yeah, over the moon. Again, second half, there was a, a few scares. Coverland made a couple of good saves. They've hit the post and the bar. Yeah. Um, 
did you always feel confident you could keep a clean, keep a clean sheet? Yeah, I think so. I said to Lucas at the end there when I seen him eventually after getting through the crowd, I said that his couple of saves were, were vital. Obviously, he kept our clean sheet there, which led, led to us getting the win. Um, I'll be honest, when that one hit the crossbar, then he hit it onto the post and it went clear. I did think to myself right at that moment, you, you, we said in the yeah, commentary, you maybe it's going to be your day. Exactly, that's what I thought. I thought sometimes you need a bit of luck. That was the luck there, and I thought this could be our day then. So, But like I said, we had the belief before, and we, we displayed that on the pitch. So, yeah. And what about those scenes when, you know, invading the pitch? I don't know how many st- selfies you've done today. <laughs> you know, football moments like this don't come around for supporters and players. So you've no. got to save it, haven't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Don't come around at all, really, for the majority of footballers. So we have to enjoy it. Um, Lap, lap in those moments obviously for me and I know a lot of the players we had a lot of our family here um, and it's a great moment that myself and them aren't going to forget and obviously to share that and share that memory with them is, is phenomenal so um, yeah so over the moon that we are I was with my family at the end and obviously for the club all the fans came on it was it was a great occasion now we, we go again for the fourth round so who would you like in the next round would it be a nice trip back there oh, I was at Ipswich actually. Ipswich, yeah, Ipswich that's right um, my family are Tottenham supporters yeah. uh, but to be honest like, if we can we can get a Prem team obviously we're hoping one in this round but now the, the chances are, are, are higher um, for a Premier League team in the next one so any top Premier League team will be will be amazing for us you deserve that as a club don't you I, I think so obviously for the lower league teams we we have to battle through a lot of rounds to get to this point um, and I always feel that at that point you sort of deserve to get a big team um, just for obviously the whole occasion for the club for the fans the atmosphere obviously the money that it brings in is significant for a club of our size um, so yeah I think we deserve a big club after that Finally, after last season as well, you know, the disappointing season that you had, mm-hmm. does this trump everything and shows that the club did the right decision to keep hold of George and you're going in the right direction? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think even with the results last season, you can see with Gaffer and Craig coming in, um, what they were building. Um, and on a personal note, working for them is is incredible. Like from, from my point of view as a player, um, they've got a great balance of sort of an enjoyment um, with the atmosphere of training um, and obviously they can uh, keep it serious at times as well which we need um, great detail in the training and yeah it's an atmosphere we love coming in every single day um, and everyone plays for the for the manager out there so yeah and most importantly what are you going to do tonight? Um, well I don't know I'm just sort of living in the moment at the minute obviously we do have a game Tuesday big, <laughs> a, a big game isn't it really we've got Dartford so um, yeah just enjoy the moment for now and see well, it's a shame he didn't expand on his time at Ipswich there, Matt, as that's where they're headed next. Uh, we'll discuss the draw shortly. Uh, but first, your reflections on a memorable day at the Gallagher, Matt. I have to say, I went to the game and I thought, knowing Steve Evans and seeing his teams over the years, I thought, oh, Maidstone will probably be bullied by an Evans team. Um, and I wasn't, I, I thought they'd have too much. They're doing well in League One. But it was the total opposite. Maidstone, first half, absolutely brilliant first to every ball and really sort of bullied um Stevenage so and they deservedly got the goal I have to say Barkley Ashipong um was probably the best performance I've seen this season in the first half for them Maystone I've seen him as a player as more of a attacking midfielder but he was harrying down every ball winning the ball driving forward with it I thought he was brilliant but I say the best performance I've seen uh, he won the penalty, and I don't know if you've seen the penalty, John. I well, I've also heard a... the other interview with uh, with Sol Andrew Smith, and he yeah. said he won the penalty. Is so it... I, I, I I would say neither were penalties. And I, what I will say is, Maystone deserve deserve to win. Brilliant, fantastic day for the whole of the club. I was surprised 
Steve Evans didn't go after the referee. Because I have to say, Steve Martin was a referee. He referees in the championship. And from a Ken point of view, and I, and I did said, keep saying this on the radio, I'm absolutely delighted with this. The referee was such a homer to Maidstone. I couldn't believe it. He was terrible, the referee. But if there was a foul, or it wasn't a foul, he'd always go Maidstone's way. And to be honest, I don't think it was a penalty. But again, Barcelona Agenpong did get injured um, in the penalty thing. He had to go off two minutes into the second half. He was hobbling around. So maybe there was a connection. But I've seen it live. I had a great view of it where we were. I didn't think it was a pen. And I've watched it back on a telly. And I don't think it was a pen. But don't take that away. Um, Maystone rode their luck in the second half. But what a day for the club. And I'm so pleased with certain people I've known, the supporters, Oliver Ash, Terry Casey, of what they've achieved. Because this time last, you know, a year ago, they were in absolute doldrums up to about April. And they've turned the corner. And probably if you just said to a Maystone fan, you're not going to win a game um, from November to April, but we'll guarantee you you'll be in the fourth round of the FA Cup. With the fans probably taking it, probably, and they're going to live the moment. And I think it's a, a really good draw for them as well. If you're, not, if you're not going to get a Premier League club, Ipswich is probably one of the best bet you can get because probably be 25,000 there. It's a good day out, friendly club. Fantastic. But yeah, well, fair play to Maystone because they did deserve it. Stevenage on a par with Barrow not being very good, riding high. But yeah, some really good performances. Bone, a pyre when he came on. Sam Corn, good player. And fair play to George Alacobi. He's done a job. Really done a job. He would run, that team would run through walls for him. And we all said it all through the season. We doubted him last season. Did I expect at the beginning of August he'd still be manager now? No. And I hold my heads up. What a job he's done. Steve Evans was quite magnanimous, I thought, actually. I read that, you know, he said he'd been into the Mainstone dressing room and congratulated the players and, and that, he, you know, he, he completely held his hands up and said Mainstone deserved to go through. Do you, do you think that was that, that was fair? They did deserve to go through? Yeah, yeah. I, I think on their first half performance when they dominated, second half, Stevenage come back and they missed a couple of really good chances uh, and a couple of good saves from Coverland again. I think one that helps with Coverland doesn't probably get the credit he deserves. He's a good goalkeeper and I think he's, the defence are very assured and confident with him behind in goal. And maybe I think it shows if you can get a good goalkeeper at whatever level, he sort of adds a bit of composure to the side. So, yeah, again, I expected Evans to go absolutely ballistic at the referee because, as I say, I thought he was terrible. But he even praised the referee as well. So if he thinks that's a good referee performance, God knows what they're like in the championship. They were even worse than that. So, But fair play to Maidstone. Um, 4,200, fantastic atmosphere, a lot of smiling faces. And what an achievement. The first time a Kent non-league side's got to the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, and I have to say, it might not come round again. It could be another 30, 40 years before it happens. So it was a privilege to be there. Yeah, absolutely magnificent. And, and, and the draw, I mean, my initial thought when it came out was, oh, it could have been better. I mean, of course, it could have been worse. And you know, the next ball that came out after them was Liverpool. So they've been disappointed to have, have, have missed out on that. But as you say, Ipswich, it's a decent draw. As you say, if you're not going to get a Premier League team, it's not too far away. They'll get a decent allocation. They'll take a lot of supporters over there. And Ipswich are on a, a, the crest of a wave. 
Ipswich have got other things to focus on as well. So maybe they will look at it as an opportunity to rest some players as they chase uh, a spot in the Premier League. So you never know. You never say never. But I'm not going to sit here and say that I think I expect Maidstone to beat Ipswich. But who knows? It's the magic of the cup. Well, yeah, I, I think, I think it's, from a supporter's view, you know, I've been through the town centre of Ipswich a few times. It's a nice place. People, are, it's, a, it's a good, not too far I think, and and you're guaranteed twenty five thousand. I would have thought. Oh, that's the thing as well. You, you probably would be. You'd rather have them than a Bournemouth. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. know, or, or or Luton, or yeah, yeah. You know, so so actually, if you're going to get a, a, a team in the Championship, you might as well get get Ipswich. You know, as, as you say, proper old football club. The, the stadium is is you know nice and uh, a bit retro in parts, where it certainly was the last time I went there. You know, and I think it'll be a, a, a great day out for everyone. As you say, it's not too far. You know that you can you can be there in in probably what two and a half hours from Maidstone on a bad day. So you know I think it's an absolute it's it's a great opportunity and, and a day that those supporters will never forget. And, and of course great for George Fowler as well, who you know you only mentioned it very briefly there, but he started his career at Ipswich and now he gets to go back there as a Maidstone United player. And and, and you know how's he been doing? You've obviously spoke to him after the third round. I think you had technical issues after the third round with him, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, sorry, after the second round with him, has he impressed you? And and, and you know, is is he one of the key men for the Stones? Yeah, I, 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 defensively they're pretty solid. Um, Greenwich had a good game. Fowler, you know, he, he, he's a he's a seven out of ten man, solid every week. Knows his job. Um, can play across the back line. Can go wide as a centre half. Can shot as a fullback. Yeah, a key player. Um, he had a decent career. All the shot as well. Come to Maidstone. Um, I think he wanted to right the wrongs of last season. And he's definitely done that. I, I quite like it. There's a, there's a few players I think are very good for Mainstone. Kipriano, excellent wide player. Sam Corn's a good player. I say I like Apaya. If they can keep him on loan from Leicester, he's good. Um, and again, Rush, they've got his cup tied. And so Wanjo Smith will, will run himself into the ground. But the money they've got here, if they don't get promoted this season... It gives them a base to go next season as well as getting a new pitch. So the, the foundations are there, John, for them maybe to go, maybe be able to compete in the National League if they use this money wisely, because I'm sure they get on telly against Dips, which there's even more money. So they've got to make sure they use this money wisely, which I think people like Oliver Ash, they're not going to go spend big money on players, but they'll make sure the club's in a very healthy position. Absolutely. Well, the Stones followed up their cup success with a 2-1 win over Dartford on Tuesday night to be up to third spot uh, in National League South. Elsewhere at the weekend, Summer Jangles beat Weymouth 3-2. The Darts drew 2-2 at Western Supermare. There were home defeats for both Welling 3-1 to Averley and Dover 2-0 against Truro, leaving those two sides firmly ensconced in the bottom four. They are 8 and 14 points from safety, respectively. Uh, I Not understand. looking good, is it? It's not good at all. I understand from Nigel, Matt, that Welling were pretty rancid on Saturday. Uh, and, and Dover... Just when it looks well, I suppose I was going to say just when it looks like you turn the corner, but it's it's baby steps under Jake LaBerle, isn't it? Yeah, we've got to take the game. We had a couple of really good chances from the highlights I watched on in the first time. We've got to, you know, we've got to take our chances. We don't score that many goals, and when you've got a chance, you've got to make sure you put them in the net. So, uh, and I think Jake's one of his main issues. He's got to try and find a, a striker who can score goals and. Would a striker who scores goals want to come to the side 24th in the National League South? Probably not. So it's a hard task for him. But not looking good for Welling either, I don't think. So, um, yes, a disappointing season for them as well. And 
high expectations, I would have thought, for Welling. Um, but the other Danny Bloor who knows this, and they need to start winning some matches as well. They really do. And, and, and I think no one kind of expected them to be uh, in this predicament. But the problem is, is it's eight points. You know, yeah. it's, it's not as if they're a couple of points away. And obviously Eastbourne have changed their manager uh, th- this week as well. The team directly above them. It's it's really concerning, actually, to, to see both those sides uh, in that much trouble. I mean, I, we expected it from Dover, but I think we didn't expect it so much from, from Welling. And, and they need to uh, turn things around. Uh, all five of our sides have a league game this week and all five of them are away. Uh, on Saturday, the Stones go to Haven at Waterlooville. Angels are at Hampton, Richmond and Dover travel to Taunton. And then on Tuesday night, the other two sides are also in on the road, uh, Welling at Farnborough and Dartford at Truro. Uh, before that, though, Welling have got the small matter of the National League leaders, Chesterfield, in the FA Trophy, while Hythe Town against Chorley and Bromley host Chippenham are also in trophy action. And Matt, you're at the Hythe game. Do you, do you fancy an upset either there or Parkview Road? Um, Hythe are good at home. Um, I see Chesterfield are 4 0 up at half time against Gateshead. I don't know. I think um, they might win on Saturday, just just yeah, to yeah. Well, you know, we said that Welling played Jovel and they whipped him off the park. So um, it'd be interesting. It'd be tough, I would have thought, for, for Welling against Chesterfield. But consistency has been a problem for them. And we'll show, see a bit more consistency now. But again, priority is the league. Um, I've done some homework on a quick work on Chorley. They're doing quite well in Conference North. Because some ex-league players involved. Um, but either good at home. Why not? Whether well, it's going to be a... Pitch inspection there. I don't know. They've got problems with the pitch, haven't they? Um, well, they were off on the weekend, and that they had the, they obviously that game against Ramsgate in the in the first round of this was called off as well. So yeah, yeah they've, they've had a lot of pitch problems. So hopefully the pitch will will pass muster. Because I mean, well, you say that, but surely probably won't fancy having to come back down here on a Tuesday night if, no. if the game is called off. Um, who's the man? Well, I think it's gonna be not much rain, so it depends if it gets frozen a bit. It's supposed to get cold, isn't it? So who's, who's the manager at Chorley now? Because it was uh, Matt Janssen for a while. Andy Bruce. Andy Priest is there now, is he? Ex, you know, the ex-Stockport, was he? Yeah, Stockport yeah, striker. Yeah. So, he's there. So, Chorley, again, they had, that, they had a good cut run a few years ago, didn't they? So, um, uh, Andy Priest has been around the houses as, as a manager. So, uh, yeah, again, tough northern outfit, I wouldn't have thought. So, but Steve Watt will have them organised. So, um, that'd be great if they did cause a shock as well. And hopefully there'll be a decent crowd there. Absolutely. Probably held to a nil-nil draw by Mainhead on Saturday. Well, there was a much-needed three points for Ebster United, who are now in the drop zone on goal difference alone after their 2-0 win over Wealdstone. A clean sheet coming a couple of weeks after his first career goal. It's not the perfect chance to catch up with fleet keeper Mark Cousins. And we started by discussing that win over Wealdstone. Yes, yeah, it was definitely, especially after uh, maybe like a disappointing uh, two games over Christmas against Romney. I think it was, yeah, good to get a response and... Uh, Give the fans something to cheer about because obviously Christmas time, Boxing Day, and uh, not New Year's Day, obviously the 30th was uh, very poor from us. It's been a, a, a tough season so far, hasn't it? Yeah, as to be fair, it's, uh, it's yeah, we've, I wouldn't say, yeah, we, we have struggled at times and uh, we haven't haven't picked up enough points. And, uh, yeah, we are where we are, really, in uh, a relegation fight. And uh, the next 18 games are all going to be absolutely massive for us. So, uh, yeah, as a season, as a team, I don't think it's gone the way we want it to go. And I think we've had some tough lessons, really, and there's been some really tough games and results. But uh, I think we still still believe we've got enough to uh, get enough points on the board and stay up. 
I think we're all quite surprised that the bottom four teams at the moment are the four teams that were all promoted last year. Do you, do you think that the gap has got bigger between the National League South and North and the National League Premier Division? Uh, I, I think it has to be fair. I think with, you look at the teams now that, uh, that, that are in the National League, uh, there's, some, there's still some big teams in there. And uh, although this year I'd say it's quite an open, open league other than obviously Chesterfield who are running away with it, I think it is quite open, but the step up is definitely getting bigger. I think going from a part-time league, which, okay, we were full-time last year, and I think Fylde were full-time as well. So in terms of change, like the change, there hasn't been massive change in terms of training for us, but the actual step in competition and the, the quality of the opposition is a huge difference now, I think, because you look at it now, every team in the National League is full-time, other than, I think, Oxford and maybe Dorking still. So you, you're coming up against teams that are a seasoned professional teams, really. And we've obviously last year, we were coming up against, um, I'd probably say 95% of the teams were part-time. So I think, obviously, that's pretty the same in the National, uh, the National League North. So, uh, yeah, I think the step and the gap is, is a lot bigger than maybe we expected. I suppose as well that we're seeing a lot more quality players dropping down the leagues as well, aren't we? Yeah, I think if you just have to look at like, like sort of Wrexham and Notts County last year, they basically had like League Two players and even League One players playing for them. And uh, so this year, I think obviously it, because it's quite a professional league now, I'd say players from who would naturally want to be playing in League One and Two are kind of accepting, accepting like a step down to play in the National League because it's, it's so professional, really. Like you see a game on TV every week, but basically on uh, TNT, and you don't even get to see League Two, get League Two or One games on TV. So it's, it's, it does attract better players, and uh, yeah, that obviously raises the competition. Obviously, I guess Dennis hasn't managed at this level before. Has he been true to his principles and, and tried to play football the right way still? Oh uh, yeah, to be fair to him, he's stuck to stuck to his guns. We've tried to. Uh, carry on from what we did last season but obviously when you come up against tougher opposition that's much more prepared than last year uh, it is a lot harder to implement the way you exactly want to play and I think at the weekend we had to sort of maybe change that style a little bit and uh, yes it worked we got a result obviously we, we're not expecting to play that way for the next 18 games but we're we're kind of accepting that we have to play whatever way it is to get a win really now because yeah, every every game is huge for us and uh, yeah, we can't afford to really be slip, slipping up too many more times. I guess the frustrating thing for you as well is you, you got that win on Saturday, a much needed one. I know you haven't got a game this weekend. I guess you'd have loved another one this weekend, wouldn't you, straight away? Yeah, we were to be fair, like it's always good to get a, like a, a run going and that's something we've struggled with this year to actually get a run of, game, run of games in terms of wins. Uh, or draws so yeah obviously it's disappointing but that's the way it is but at the same time you have to treat it in a positive light and say yeah players can get some rest you know especially after like a, a busyish Christmas period and yeah we can get everyone fighting for it and we have got a friendly range so there'll be players still getting minutes and uh, so we won't necessarily just be having the weekend off and uh, yeah ready for Hartlepool which is obviously going to be a big game coming up because of the league position that both teams are in. 
I suppose it's the thing, isn't it? it? It's still quite close down the bottom there. You know, you're not cut adrift. So you you must know now if you can put a run together, which you've done in the last couple of seasons. If you can put a run of results together, then you know you'll, you'll soon be looking over your shoulders, thinking actually we're, we're a long way from from danger. Yeah, that's, that is one of the key things we need to get is a run of run of wins or being undefeated. Like go four or five games undefeated and pick up a couple of wins and draws. All of a sudden, that, that obviously doesn't take the pressure totally off you, but it, it puts you in a lot more positive position. And uh, yeah, like I said, that's what we've struggled this year. We picked up a win, and then next game we haven't backed it up with a positive result. And uh, so that's what we'll be really focusing on when we're going into the Hartlepool game, and then the games after that as well. It's uh, if you get a few put, few wins at back to back, it it does it does climb like we had to climb the table and uh, yeah, hopefully get out of that relegation zone. And how pleased were you with the clean sheet on Saturday? Yeah, it was, it was a long time coming. It was, uh, but yeah, it was really pleasing. So I think it's for everyone as well because everyone really fought hard for that like clean sheet. It wasn't just me making a couple of saves. It was defenders making blocks, strikers chasing the ball down high up the pitch, midfielders being really disciplined. So it was a, it was a whole team performance that really earned that clean sheet, and that was. It was pleasing to see. I think everyone, everyone was pleased with the clean sheet, just as much as I was pleased with the win. Uh, and what were you? What, what were you more happy with, though, the clean sheet or your first career goal at York? <laughs> uh, yeah, clean sheet and a win. The, uh, I'm always pleased with that. Uh, but yeah, the goal was goal was very special, and uh, yeah, it was, it was important. In the end, we got a point, so. Yeah, I contributed to the uh, getting a point and uh, scoring was a, a unique feeling, definitely, and something I can tick that box off now and feel like I've uh, yeah completed being a goalkeeper now. <laughs> Generally, when you go up for a corner like that, do you actually think you're going to score? Well, what's the mindset behind it? It's more to cause a bit of not like a few like cause cause problems for the opposition really, rather than I'm going to definitely score here. It's. Uh, they just, yeah, sometimes when I come up, I've been up for obviously a few corners this season and previous years as well. And it's teams sometimes think, oh, we've got to mark the goalie, or, and then that might pull a, pull someone off marking someone else. And, uh, yeah, but I just went up and they didn't mark me. And I, I think I caused a few problems for their uh, York City goalkeeper. And, yeah. Good job, the ball went straight on my head. <laughs> I was actually, I've actually just watched the goal this morning, and uh, I've got one more question for you. What was worse, the marking or the celebration? Uh, I think the celebration. Well, I didn't have a clue. I, 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 I just uh, just imagine myself being Alan Shearer. I think running off with my one one hand up in the air, <laughs> trying to make sure I definitely got the goal given to me. I think. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I didn't have any idea of what to do with a celebration. I think about five or six different celebrations went through my head. Knee slide, uh, yeah, I didn't have a clue. But good job the absolute fans were quite close, so I didn't have to run too far to them. Uh, and just but, finally, yeah. looking at the season as a whole, is there still confidence and belief that you can stay up? Yeah, definitely. There's, we, we, we know we've got enough in this change room to stay up. We have... We have goals up front with Dominic Pollyon. I think defensively, we do need to improve as a team, but we are getting there. And I think that Saturday just showed it. We were very resilient and soaked up a lot of pressure. So there's definitely still belief in there. And if we can get that run going, I think the belief will just keep growing and growing. And yeah, we'll hopefully pull away from where we where we are at the moment.
I really enjoyed that one, Matt, and, and he was delighted with that win, even happier than he was with his goal. <laughs> yeah, crazy goal that, wasn't it? I, I, I remember listening to the commentary, the sort of the um, York commentary, and it said, "Oh, Cousins is standing on the toes of the opposition goalkeeper." Cross comes in, Cousins heads it in. As you mentioned in there, the marking was pretty. Again, the keeper should be sorting himself out there as well. He, I thought the keeper was a real uh, issue with it, but. He scored a goal, and I, I liked how he said he's completed being a goalkeeper by scoring. So, uh, from that point of view, but again, and again, how crucial could that goal be come the end of the season? We're looking at where Ebsley are in the league as well. That extra um, point could make all the difference. But a big win against Wildstone at the weekend, and most importantly, a clean sheet as well. Uh, I still think Ebsley have got too much to go down, and that maybe they'll give them a little bit of confidence um, going forward. But Mark Cousins is a decent goalkeeper, and he'd have been upset that he hasn't kept a clean sheet um, up, well, for a long while. Yeah, and I, I think he, you know, he spoke really well there. I, mean, it, it, I found it really interesting, actually, to, to speak to a player from a team that, that has found life tougher than they thought they were going to be. But, you know, he said, they, by and large, they've kept their principles, so they maybe changed it up a little bit on Saturday. And as I said to him there, the frustration is, they've just gone and won a game of football, must be itching to have the next one got away a fortnight. Mm. Again, the interesting point we said about that as well is that the difference between Conference South and National League is said that 95% of the teams are um, part-time. They're going to this league, all the teams are not, you know, bar two, he said, there uh, are full-time. The, the gap between it clearly is getting higher and higher. And I, so I thought Ebsley being a side there would, would be doing better. So, But maybe the National League is such a tough division now. So you need to be that yard quicker than maybe you were in the National South and the time you get on the ball in the, the South, you're not going to get in the National League. That really is... I think he sounded quite surprised they're struggling as well, didn't he? I thought. He I think so, yeah. I th- I, you know, I thought... It's the first time I've had him on this season, actually. Um, and But I just thought, do you know what? Now now or never. Um, we had him on the show last year and he was great. And, and genuinely, I thought that was a really, really good and interesting interview. And I'm not just bigging myself up when I say that, but... You know, I came out of it feeling like actually, you know, what, I've I've learned something, and, and I hope the listeners are going to enjoy lis- listening to that because to hear from someone who, who you know, he was very open about the the fact that it has been harder than they thought, but the confidence is still there, isn't it? And, and that's the key thing. You know, it would be easy for heads to have dropped and um, for them to be all doom and gloom, but actually, obviously, we spoke to him after a win, so that will make a difference. But it, there's a belief there that ultimately the quality they've got will shine through in the end. And, and you know, you look, the team directly above them are Woking, who've got a new manager in place and and trying to sort it out that way. But you just kind of feel, actually, that that win could be a catalyst for, for Ebsfleet. You know, it's, it's still a long way to go and that there's every chance they can get out of this. And, and you know, and experienced players like Mark Cousins in there, they're going to be absolutely fine, hopefully. Yeah, he said they've got 18 cup finals, so... Defensively has been a problem. They're always going to score goals, Ebsleet. So I think they've got the second worst defence in the league, which is, which is surprising. But as he mentioned there, they, they carried on playing football um, the manner they think is the way to go. Um, and I'm sure results will come. Um, they had a decent, half decent start to the season, didn't they? So maybe when the pitches get a little bit harder and um, they can stop playing their football, that may be the way forward. But And again, you have to praise Ebsleet as well because... You know, Kidderminster have sacked the manager, Fylde have sacked the manager, Woking have sacked the manager, York have sacked the manager, Hartlepool have sacked their manager. So some sides down the bottom of the table have started panicking about getting rid of managers. And the run they were on, Dennis Katrib could have been into an issue. But as I said previously, 
if you get rid of Dennis Fitrieb, you've got to rip up the whole philosophy of the club and how are you going to play football? And I don't think um, that's the right time to do it. So I'm, I'm confident Ebsley will stay up. Um, it's, a, it's a tough division, but I think they'll be this season, if they do stay up, they'll be better for it going forward. Yeah, and thanks to Mark for his time there. Really appreciated uh, that one on a Wednesday morning. I don't know if you've seen, just mentioned about Kinnamitz. Have you seen their new manager, Matt? No, I haven't. Who is it? Not Dean Oldsworth, is it? No, Mr Phil Brown uh, has been appointed as Kinnamitz no. manager this evening. So uh, he'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Really? Uh, Phil Brown has got the job. He was, he was at Southend, wasn't he? So he knows the level a little bit. Well, yeah. he was with Dean Holdsworth. Dean Holdsworth is director of football there, isn't he? Well, there you go. I, well... <laughs> If I, again, I don't know, I don't know if Kinnamist the fans will be jumping for joy, but I don't think I'd be particularly jumping for joy if Phil Brown turned up. Well, time will tell. Anyway, he is the manager. Uh, talking of new managers, let's head down to the scaffold. The speculation is at an end as Faversham have named their new boss. Now, when I woke up this morning, I had one text and one Twitter message. You both gave me a different front runner. But it was the text from my co-host that was on the money. As a few hours later, Tommy Warrillow was named as the man to replace Sammy Moore at the high-flying Lily Whites. A match award for being so spot-on about it was that he got to speak to the new Faversham Town boss this afternoon. And he started by asking about how the appointment came about. Uh, well, obviously after last year, um, we took some time out of it. And everyone knows, you know, come Christmas time, etc., that there's normally a lot of upheaval at places. And... Um, I didn't really expect anything down at Faversham because they were going well at the time. But, um, yeah, I've just got a, a call if I'd have a chat. Um, obviously, everyone knows what's going on down there. Um, it is the club to be at as a player. Um, and that's why a lot of boys are dropping down levels, etc. There's loads going on off the pitch. Um, and obviously, you know, I think the, the, league, the league position at the moment is, you know, where the club's up there, which is a good thing. But... Anyone in football who looks at it and knows there's a few teams with games in hand, etc., that, that could quite easily go above. And um, obviously, they wanted to make a change. So, um, obviously, I was, I, was in, I was interested as well to see exactly what was going on with all the rumours regarding the ridiculous money that was being thrown about and this, that, and the other. So, um, yeah, went in on uh, Monday night, met Gary and all the balls, and continued Tuesday morning with a chat on the phone. And, and cemented it all up and I'm just really looking forward to, to getting to work with a bunch of players that really on paper is um, is an unbelievable squad of talent. You look at that squad, I know when Sammy Moore left, um, they were top of the table and I think they dropped a couple of places after the weekend. Um, do you, you know, normally you go into a job when, they, when they're struggling. So yeah. to be honest, it, it's a bit of a role reversal. So how do you look at that with the sides that arguably in a good position to get promoted and you got the job? Um, well, you look at it, it's a, it's a change, because <laughs> like I say, normally you go in and it's the other way around, but obviously with being relegated last year um, and having having a sort of, a, I suppose, this, this it's, it's one of the pressures, I mean, I'm going to be under it as well, it's one of the pressures on when you take a job like this that has got the, the, uh, the attention that Faversham have got. Um, obviously, it's too tight to call up there. I mean, there are some teams in there that you know, that the can catch and be like two or three points away from Babersham. So there's still a bit of work to do. But, you know, the object is obviously is just to get out of this league. And hopefully, um, by hook or by crook, you know, we achieve that objective. Uh, again, you've got some players there who playing a very high standard last season. 
who've come down to the, the level there. Um, have, you, have you worked with any of the players before? And and will be, you know, yeah. again, some people outside, people would say it's a, it's a difficult squad to maybe work with because there are some big, big players and maybe some big egos in there. I'm not saying that's what we've heard before, but that's just sort of, yeah. um, maybe that's what's difficult for Sammy Moore to work with. Uh, obviously, I don't know that. Um, I, listen, I know all the lads in there. I think I've had about five, five or six of them maybe have played for me. Um, the rest of them I know, like even Steph up front. Remember him as a young lad, young boy, cutting his teeth at Sutton. He got a move to Fulham when we was at Tunbridge. So um, I'm fully aware of what Stefan's gone on to do. Um, but people like uh, Billy Bennett um, that I've tried to get in the past, you know, a lot of these people I know from, obviously in football but half the squad I think has played for me the ego I don't think there's a bad egg in there I don't think there's any massive egos in there either um, that's the one thing that you can't have uh, at any level of football really you can be confident but not you know um, not over the top with it all but you know I find that I'm meeting them all tomorrow night for the first time I'm quite a black and white manager um, I say as it is I've got my ways that I want to play I'll set my shape out don't expect them to implement it straight away, but I expect them with the level of football that they've played at is to take it on board and understand what I'm saying. And I think deep down, really, if they're all honest enough, um, they're not happy with how the season's really gone because with that sort of squad, it doesn't give you the divine, divine right to go in and, um, and win every single game. But, it, you know, for some reason, it's just it's just sort of coughed, coughed and splattered a little bit and that's why the league's so tight. For you personally, you've been itching to get back in. I know you, you know pretty well. You, I'm sure you've been watching a lot of games and watching a lot of players out there. Well, that, that's that's the thing. I went the polar opposite this year because um, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want the stigma of what you know what, what you're doing. I think I went to see three or four games. I took a complete break from it. Um, obviously, listen, I'm stuck to my phone with football web pages, and I speak to players and managers, and so I know what's going on. But um, I just took a complete break from it. And it's the Christmas period that, um, that sort of gets you. Because uh, obviously, when you've been in football all your life from 16 years onwards, 16 years of age onwards, sorry, um, Boxing Day, New Year's Day, the Saturday, you know, it's all revolved around the football. And um, come the new year, it definitely give me the impetus yeah, to, to get back into it. I had a lot of things to sort out off the football pitch as well, which I wanted to clear up. And um, yeah, I was ready to sort of get back into it come the new year. Um, and obviously, to you know, to get the opportunity to go down to Faversham was something that I wouldn't have seen coming. But um, it's something that I want to take, you know, with both fans and run with it because there's an op- opportunity here to push on, push the club on on the pitch as well as you know what he's doing off the pitch to try and match that because off the pitch everything's going in the right direction as well. So um, that's the aim. Again, everybody at the start of the season, everybody's cup final was against Faversham. Everybody expected yeah. them to get promoted with the. Um, the budget that they've got. Um, is the, what's the chairman said to you? You've got to go up this season. I suppose no, you've got you've got the luckily with this division with the playoff this year. It's a very competitive division. Yeah, I mean it's not. Um, no, it's not. It's not put it on me at all. Obviously, listen, not stupid. We want to get out. Everyone wants to get out of this league. I mean, I'm not being disrespectful. I don't want to manage in the league. I'm sure the players don't want to play in the league. And but you've got you know you've got a process to go through. You're joining a club here that's starting another journey. Um, and that's what people are buying into. I know everyone says about the money and whatever. I've gone in first-hand. I mean, again, I'm guilty of it. I'm not being hypocritical. I've heard all the figures and this, that and the other. And I've gone in 
um, and when we've ex- uh, agreed terms and deals, etc., for everything, uh, I've got the wages sent over, and then they're, uh, you're going to expect me to say this, but it's, it's nowhere near, nowhere near what people are saying. Listen, it's a good budget, but not to the extremes of what's been going, what's been punted around. And obviously, anyone that wants to come and sign for Faversham, when they talk to me when they get offered the terms, they'll realise that, but it's something that you can't control, no one's going to believe it, but it's nowhere near what's being banded around. It's a good budget, it is a good budget, but not to the extremes of what's been said. So um, it's just one of them titles you're going to have to live with and get on with it and put your big boy's pants on and just, just laugh it off and just get on with it. That's like, uh, backroom staff, Alex, o, Alex will come with you, Alex O'Brien. Yeah, Ives in with me. Um, I'm seeing Ives and um, Terry Sedge tomorrow before training. We're going to have a little catch-up and a chat. Um, there's there's people over there as well we need to talk to. Like I said, it literally happens to some sort of quickly. Um, that, you know, once once Sammy was sacked, obviously, you know, it's like the phone goes all the time. And But I, I just knew that it would be an absolute bombardment of managers because of because of, you know, what's going on down at Faversham. It's one of the clubs in Kent that is on is on the up, off the pitch. It's just got to try and match it now on the pitch. But to, uh, when I received the call from Gary, obviously I was delighted and eager to get down and find out exactly what was happening and to turn it all into something that we can move forward with. Um, it's a massive plus and something that I'm really looking forward to getting my teeth stuck into. It sounds like you've got a bit of a hunger now for this. Yeah, I have. Um, I, yeah, I've got I've definitely... Um, Something's definitely clicked coming out of football and listening. I listen to a lot of things as well um, outside of football, um, and I just want to get back into you know. I just want to get back into football, get back into just getting on the pitch, doing results, and try and let that do the talking to you rather than all the issues and all the mistakes and all the, the excuses and this, that, and the other. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 um, you know. Like I'm, I'm so, you know, I can't express to get the opportunity to run with what's going on down at this football club. Is um, apparently nearly 50 people applied for the job, so it shows you the intent and the interest of the football club and the reputation is sort of grabbing um, away from, you know, not just people in Kent, but I think in general. So to get the opportunity to, to build it um, is something that I'm not going to throw away. Final question: Have you had been had any other offers before Faversham over the season so far? Yeah, I have. Yeah, and I'm not one of them managers that go. I've turned down three offers. I mean, I've done a bit with Kent online um, a while back. It normally rings me up for people's phone numbers, and I thought that's what it was for. But it just asked what I was up to, and I had a little, a few sniffs um, of it then. And I'm not egotistical, but at the time, I wasn't ready to get back into it anyway. I still had to sort a few things out. Um, but obviously once Faversham rung up, I was just intrigued because of, I wanted to know what exactly what was going on there because um, you don't know, you just get all the hearsay, but to actually go down and sit in front of everyone who were all humble about it all um, was a real eye-opener and I'm like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and bring some success, to, some success to these boys because they're getting battered for financial gossip which is not true and unfortunately you're just going to have to live with it and just get on with it but you, like you said earlier everyone will want to beat Faversham but, but, that's the, but as a player they're the teams you want to be playing in
Well, he says there's no pressure on him to win promotion. But even if there isn't any pressure from above, Matt, I'm sure he'll be putting pressure on himself to come in, steady that ship, get that team up and back into the Eastman League. Yeah. First of all, John, you, you bigged him up last week. You said you mentioned Warrell Oak. Um, we've known him for a while. Good manager. Talking before we answer that question. You, you think it's a good appointment? It's a good appointment, I think, isn't it? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he knows, he doesn't even know this level. He knows the levels above. And I think instantly those players, he, he will command respect from those players because they will either have played against him or some of them will have played under him and they'll know what they're getting from Tommy. Very sh- straight down the line manager. He'll, he'll get them, you know, he, he doesn't think there's any egos in there. And I, I think he might be right, actually, because you've got some, you know, you've got some names in there, but I think that they'll be prepared to listen to him, do it his way. And if they buy into it, there's absolutely no reason why that's not a fantastic appointment uh, for them. You know, and he talks about the players that he's known and come across and, Ultimately, they have got quality players. It's just getting them to be singing on the same hymn sheet all the time, not switching off and making sure they're not vulnerable to to, to, to the odd mistake as they were when I saw them at Deal against Deal the other week. I mean, Deal were magnificent that day, but that's by by the by. But yeah, fantastic appointment. I mean, there, there were some some great names linked. I heard of a couple of other people that had interviews that also would have been really eye-opening appointments. But I just think, you know, Tommy's... At, out of work, he, he's experienced, he knows what he's doing. I think it was the absolutely the right call, you know, and, and from his point of view, I guess there's nothing to lose. He's not left another job to go and take on this challenge at Faversham. He's been told there's no pressure to, to win the league. I'm sure there is some expectation that they will win the league with the squad they've got. But also, you know, he it's better to be doing to be manager of Faversham Town and trying to sort out this team than not being manager of anywhere. But it was interesting how he said, you know, got to Christmas and I really missed it. Uh, yeah. So that was, you know, that was quite, quite interesting to hear that. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a good problem. You mentioned there, he, he, he's managed three levels higher, knows the league above, which I think is probably key as well. If Faversham get promoted, the extra... As I said to him, the extra playoff place is absolutely crucial because at the moment they're going to be in the playoffs, so it works at the moment. But I'm sure if Tommy can get themselves well organised, well drilled, get back to basics, um, they can start winning football matches again. He has got a very good squad, which, as I said, I think maybe if they were in the league above, um, it wouldn't be out of place. So, um, and he knows half the squad, he'll get his views across. I, I think it's um, a solid appointment for Faversham. Um, I know some people would like would have liked Warlow to get the Dover job when uh, Brundle went, um, or even before then to get him coming in. But Tommy's knows his stuff around Kent football. Uh, even though he hasn't managed in the scaffold, he'll know every inch of it as well as. So I think I think it's a, I think it's a good appointment, and I'm sure the other teams around there are probably disappointed that they had the, they've got somebody of Tommy's calibre who knows the level around this as well. But if you just see how he gets on, um, again, he needs to get a willing mentality into Faversham because at the moment they haven't really got that, have they? No, they were held by Tomage Wells uh, at the weekend as well. And, and as you say about how people would have liked him at Dover, I genuinely think that actually Faversham might be a more appealing proposition than Dover <laughs> at the moment. But, uh, you know, that's, that's by the by. And, and as you said to him there, you don't forget to take over a team this near to the top of the table. So that does help him out a lot. You know, he, he's got that, that, that stepping stone is in place. You know, it's just, it's just little tweaks here and there, I think, you know, and, and get, getting them all 
going in the right direction. And and I'm sure once they get one or two wins under their belts, then they'll just absolutely fly. And you did mention the playoffs, but obviously Tommy has a, a couple of playoff disappointments at Ashford. <laughs> so I'm sure he'd much rather just go straight up and not worry about with all this end of season malarkey. Yeah, again, and I'm sure he'll make some tweaks because I would have thought a lot of players would have gone to Faversham probably, you know, for the project. But now if Tommy Warlow's there, they'll go there for him as the manager because you'll know how you're going to work it. You know, he's worked with some very um, good names when he was at Tunbridge. Ashford, what a good job he did for uh, uh, Cray Wanderers as well. So I'm sure that he's got plenty of contacts in his little book. And they'll look at the squad and say, right, see what he can bring in. And players will come to Faversham for Tommy Warlow. Absolutely. I think, you know, it, it's... It's a sensible appointment. I think it's a. It was probably a no-brainer for for both parties. I think you know. I think it was just a. It probably the right place at the right time. Uh, the, the right managers become available, and and I'm sure that they'll be pushing in the right direction uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, now we've probably been guilty of putting most of our focus on the battle at the top of the scaffold. But the other end of the Premier Division, it's actually even tighter. There were just two points separating the bottom five teams. A back-to-back wins for Kennington have put them right in the mix for safety. And earlier on today, I spoke to their boss, Dan Scorer. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, you know, we've had a tough go at it so far this year. Um, you know, there's, there's been plenty of contributing factors. But, um, you know, we, we were keen to, to to start the year on a positive. So... No, we couldn't have asked for a much better start, to be honest. I suppose one of the main factors was the fact you couldn't play at home for the first couple of months of the season. Yeah, I mean, it certainly had um, quite an impact. Um, I think a lot more significant than um, than we could have imagined, really. And I think really the main issue was 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 having a facility to train at. Um, that's something that we really struggled to um, to sort out in the early part of the season. So, you know. All of the all of the plans and preparation that that we had started in pre-season um, sort of come to a bit of a sudden halt, really, when when we didn't have a facility to train at. So, um, you know, for the most part, through September, October, November, we were just playing five aside, um, you know, to, just to keep the boys ticking over. So, you know, when when um, performances aren't quite there and things aren't quite going right. You know, it's really difficult to to put those things right when when you weren't able to train and, and work on those things. But, you know, we're certainly coming out of the other side a lot stronger now. So, yeah, it's, it's all looking positive. I guess that's almost a vicious circle thing, isn't it? Because I guess if you do have a couple of bad results and then you can't put it right and then it just becomes a bit of a... We all talk a lot about momentum. I suppose losing and, and getting poor results becomes a bit of a habit. And if you've not been able to get your team together like you want to, it must have made it even harder for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, l- last season we, you know, whilst we we did okay last season, I think the main thing that we took from from last season was that we sort of lost our identity a little bit, and that's something that we were really keen to get back this year. Um, so, you know, we 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 had a very clear idea of what we wanted to do going into pre-season, um, and and we were under no illusion that it wasn't going to be a quick fix, and that. It would take some time going into the season, but as I say, when um, when all all those things that you're you're trying to put into place, you know, there's little things that you need to tweak on the pitch, um, you know, on on the training ground, and you're not able to do that. It certainly did have a bit of an impact. So, um, you know, and, and it just shows that 
being able to train now, being back at Homelands, the training as well has had such a positive impact. Being able to work on phases of play, patterns of play, set pieces, um, as, as has worked wonders for us, really. Everyone's looking at the top of the table and thinking that's in for a battle, but it's mighty tightly in the bottom as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I think um, you know the, the two wins that we've had at the start of the year have been a massive six points for us. You know, we've obviously taken ourselves off the bottom, but also pulled three or four sides into it in the space of two weeks. Um, you know, so it's, so it's certainly looking interesting. And, you know, I've, I've said from day one and even after 10 games, you know, we I think we were 10, maybe even more than that. I think league games without a, without our first win, you know, and even then I, I was very confident in in our ability to, to get ourselves out of that situation. Um, and I knew it was going to take time, but, you know, we, we, we've put a lot of effort, all the, all the boys have put a lot of effort into um, into making sure that, that we turn things around and hopefully we can continue the good form that we started the year at. I saw on social media over the weekend, you've won lad, 100 games, another 150. It, 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 a bit like other teams in the league, you're, you're building a, a squad of players who know each other and, and are committed to the cause. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've got a number of players now that have been at the club for quite some time and um, it's, it's no surprise really when you look at some of the sides that are down the bottom, you know, ourselves included, you know, you've got ourselves, Sutton, Stansfield, um, all sides really that have next to no budget or no budget um, and this season has really proven, you know, that actually money is going to make a little bit of difference at this level this year. Um but I've been really, you know, keen on reiterating to the players that we, we will have more than enough, um, you know, whilst we're not able to go out and, and spend money and, and attract players of, of higher, you know, higher quality. You know, we, we've got a really, really good, strong group of players, a great core group of players that, that have been at the club for quite some time now and that, you know, deserve to still be part of the journey. You know, I think we've now got 10 players within the current squad that have played over 100 games for the club, which is tremendous, really. Um, you know, and, and by the time the season finishes, you're probably looking at 12, 13 players that have done over 100 appearances. So, you know, we're, we're keen to stick together. And I think that's that's been key for us, really. You speak about budgets. How hard is it this season, probably more than, than most, to, to compete with the teams at the very top? It's been very difficult. And it's not even about competing with the teams at the top. I think it's competing with sides. You know, we're, we're not naive to, to the fact that, you know, there's a handful of, of clubs that we know that, you know, the, the budgets that they have and, you know, the calibre of player that they've got that we shouldn't be competing with them. You know, we're, we're very realistic about those types of things. Um, but we'll always go into those games with confidence anyway. But it's more sides that around, that around the middle of the table um, that are now beginning to spend money that, I mean, look, everyone, everyone can have their own ideas on, on what they think big budgets and money can bring to clubs. But, you know, trying to recruit during the summer was really difficult because, you know, we, we've made a habit really of of getting young players or players that have lost their love of, of football um, into the club and, and looking to give them a pathway to to progress and we've done that very well in the last few years um, but even that proved very difficult this summer because you know players that are a mid-table uh, club sorry that are mid-table sides with a mediocre budget 
are now throwing an extra 20, 30, 40 quid at players just to come and be part of their squad. And, you know, we're, we're in a time now where I think actually, you know, a, a lot of players will will take that extra 20, 30 pounds. And, you know, everyone's circumstances are different. You know, we are in a bit of a, a crisis in terms of, you know, the way the world's going with, with money and everything else. Everything seems to be money orientated at the moment. But, um, yeah, in terms of recruitment, it's been really difficult. So, you know, it, the group of players that we've got are players that, you know, really buy into what we're trying to do as a club um, and what we can do for them on a personal level. So, you know, we have, we have no problem being a club that provides pathways for, for young players or players that have dropped down and just looking to try and move back up the ladder. You know, we, we have no problem doing that. You move on, you've got Lords with this weekend. Uh, I guess there's not many times in step five you come up against a former Premier League player in the opposite dugout. No, yeah. It's going to be uh, quite an interesting one, but yeah, we're looking forward to it. Um, you know, I, I know Nicky's been in and around the, um, the non-league circle for a few years now. I know this is obviously the lowest he's dropped, but he's obviously sees that um, they've got got something special there. Um, you know, they, they seem to be building quite a project. I know sort of their growth in the last year with a change of committee and management. Um, and, you know, we, we've played them earlier on in the season and took a real hiding. Actually, we lost 4-0 at their place. Um, and we were really impressed. Really, we were really impressed with their side. You know, a very youthful side. Um, very energetic, um, and, and you know, and at that point they had the best defensive record in the league. So, um, you know, we're under no illusions that, that they're going to be another tough test. Um, yeah, but it'd be nice to, to go head to head with someone of that, you know, with that sort of stature. And just finally, have you got a points target in mind that you think you're, you're going to need, or is it just going out there and getting as many as you can? I think at this point it's just about, um, you know, just putting as many points on the board as you can and. You know, whilst you want to move away from the bottom, I think it's just as important that you keep closing gaps um, on the teams that are above you and around you. Um, you know, so in all honesty, I, I couldn't tell you looking at looking at how the the season's panning out. You know, everyone is capable of beating everyone, so I don't think anyone could have a real idea on how many points will get you into the playoffs, how many points will keep you up. So, you know, I think everyone is just going to have to just keep taking it game by game and and see where it, you know see where we end up. Now, when we were chatting after that chat, Matt, he told me they played 14 away games in a row to start the season. 14. <laughs> and they even had to switch their FA Cup tie as well. Um, and I didn't really kind of go on this, but obviously there's there's a loss of revenue in that as well. And, and you know, your supporters can't come and watch you as easily. And, and, you know, if you haven't played there for a couple of months, it must be difficult for them. But I think from what he said there, that they, they've turned the tide now, they've turned the corner I think it won't be too long for them moving up the table. A lot of home games to come, probably in a bit of a false position where they are, Matt, aren't they? Well, I've caught up on the league games. I see at, um, at home now. I've had a few on the spin. Yeah, I, I, you know, the issue with Ashford, you know, really affected them a little bit more. And it was interesting when we had um, Ashford on before, we had Flanagan, didn't we? And he said about finding somewhere to trade. It was difficult. Playing five sides, you know, it's, when you're doing that, you can't work on the things that didn't work on a Saturday. Your confidence is low, probably for the players as well. Oh, I've got another away game. Can get it now. They're back. Ashford results are picked up. We had a good season. What um, last year they finished fifth or something like that. I think they did. Well, well they finished first. They did a good season in their first time. Now middle of the table last time. But yeah, I, I think um, it was difficult for Ashford, but even more difficult for Kennington. And hopefully they come out the other side because 
I think they um, deserve to be a scaffold Premier League club for what they've done over the last couple of seasons. I think he said there as well, you know, the momentum that, they, that they'd that they built over the last couple of seasons. And, and it was it was hard to build on that when you're not playing at home, when you can't train properly. And, and, you know, this is probably a bit of an extreme example, but I'd imagine that just training for 11-a-side matches, playing five-a-side is probably akin to getting ready for the Masters by going and playing at the crazy golf on Broadstairs Seafront. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know players don't particularly like training. They'd rather play games. But particularly in the early part of the season when you're, I know you've got a few players that have been there for a while, but trying to bed in new players, work on set pieces, playing five aside, it's going to improve your touch, but not much else. So now they're back there. It's good to see that Kennington, are, they've got everything back on thing, back on track. Maybe that, can, you know, the problems they had earlier in the season could make them uh, look back and maybe stronger as the season goes on as a club going forward. But they probably wouldn't want to say, go through what they've done again um, pretty soon on that, particularly when you've got to play 14 away games on the spin and, Going out, they're having to go out the FA, the cup competitions as well by not playing at home. Yeah, it was, it was 100 appearances for Harry Lavender and 150 for Charlie Owen uh, at the weekend. And, and that's kind of thing is, is is a little bit of Irith Town for me. You know, they've got a lot of players that have come through, played a lot of games, a, a lot of football uh, at a young age. And, you know, he said, I think by the end of the season, what's he said, 12, 13 players will all have 100 games for the club. And that's the way you build it. In, in the scaffold, isn't it? If, if you're a Kennington, you come up from step six, that's the way you want to do it, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and one of the good things is that the players have come through, is there a gap between scaffold one and scaffold Premier League? We've seen it a few clubs that come up and struggle a little bit, but clearly their players have warmed to that level and they've managed to stay there as well. So, yeah, the likes of Kennington, I don't think they can chop and change their side around too much over a, over a pre-season or over a summer. So, and, it, and I think it probably shows that Players want to play there as well. Uh, can continue to play there with what under Dan and what the club is trying to achieve. I'm not sure how many relegation places there will be in that division. The Scaffold website seems to be just highlighting one. We know there was a little bit of a reshuffle with more teams going into step four uh, next season. So it may not be that many that goes down. Uh, but another one of the teams that is uh, in the mix down there is Sutton Athletic. Uh, and they're looking for a new manager. Uh, Dan Kelly, who's been on the show a few times, has stepped down. Uh, been manager there for more, six and a half years. Uh, took the club to its highest ever league position in the scaffold uh, and longest runs in both the FA Cup and the FA Vars. Uh, and he said in a statement, I've left as manager of Southern Athletic. I've been in the club for more than 20 years. My time now must be dedicated to my daughter's footballing journey as she progresses. A place you never truly leave, full of great people. I will now just become a supporter. Uh, inviting uh, CVs for, for the job. Um, and it'll be a difficult one there, won't it? Because uh, they've just lost to Kennington. Um, Obviously, the last couple of years, they've had the, the main man, Arlie Desson, scoring all the goals. Uh, he moved on in the summer as well. Uh, and they've, they've found it hard to replace that. But they are 17th in the table. They've got 17 points. Um, very tight down the bottom there. But there's, again, a bit like Kennington, a bit like other clubs in that level. There's a little bit of potential to build on, isn't there? Yeah, I think, it is, again, maybe some of the sides with the money over the few years have caused them to have a few issues of not be able to compete with that but they'll go again fantastic journey Dan's on good luck with his daughter really um, again there's plenty of managers I'm sure will go into that club and realise what a good club they are um, and I'm sure they'll make a wise decision who will be his replacement 
Absolutely. Just to clarify the bottom of the table, Sutton Athletic 17th with 17 points from 22 games. Kennington are next with 16 points from 21. Then Rustle 16 points from 23. Wellingtown 16 points from 21. And bottom of the table are Stansfeld with 15 points from 22 games. That's despite a good result for them uh, at the weekend as well. We will run through the results um, from the weekend. But yeah, Stansfeld with 3-1 winners at Whitstable Town uh, mm. on Saturday. So that was a good result for them elsewhere. It was Beersted 4, Punjab United 1. A 2-2 draw between Faversham and Tunbridge Wells. Corinthian 3-0 winners at Fisher. Glebe 3-0 winners over Hollands and Blair. Homestale 1, Dealtown 1. Dealtown's long winning run coming to an end thanks to a last-minute goal from Manny Oshinoo. Uh, it was Lawswood 1, Wellingtown 0. Lidtown 2, Irvtown 1. Snodlandtown 1, Rustall 0. And Sutton 1, Kennington 2, as we've already mentioned. And of course, Whitstall 1, Stansfield 3. A couple of games in midweek as well. It was Beersted 2, Lidtown 0. Uh, Whitstall 3, Snodland 1. And if ever proof has been needed, as uh, Dan Scorer said there, anyone can beat anyone. I reckon mm. that weekend is, is, is probably up there because you had... Uh, Faversham were held, Deal were held, Whitstable lost, um, Irith Town lost. You know, it's, it's 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 all going on there, isn't it? And and again, what an absolutely fantastic division this is. And Corinthian now, and Deal Town, they've got forty two points each. Corinthian third, twenty games played. Deal nineteen games played. The top two have both got played twenty three games and got forty four and forty five points. So both Corinthian and Deal Town are very much in the mix here, aren't they? Well, Corinthian on great form as well. And Deal conceding the 90th minute uh, equaliser uh, could have put them, uh, you know, in second place. So uh, we'll just uh, um, join second place. Oh, twists and turns, John. There was plenty of twists and turns at the weekend when I saw those results. Oh, blimey, that's opened up that cat amongst the pigeons there. But probably the Faversham looking at the results that went around them. Maybe that was a good point at the end of the day. Um, they've got there as well. They look to go on. But yeah, tight at the top division. Maybe... We, are we thinking the top four is out of them now, is it? Whitstable, you know, have got Deal have got five games in hand, as of Corinthian have got four games in hand. So maybe it's going to be between the top four. We've seen Glebe at this time of the season before, and they've sort of um, tailed off a little bit. So uh, have they got the um, character to hold on? They're holding top point at the moment, and you, you would say uh, points in the bag are the most important thing. But Corinthian and Deal must be thinking, yes, we've got a, a good opportunity here to, uh, to try and win the league. Well, on the record, the Corinthian manager says we've got our 40 points and we're safe now. And if that doesn't prove what a load of nonsense I have to put with all my texts and what nothing. Oh, uh, oh, my, again, all the, we've been in the new thing this year. Everybody doesn't seem to look at the league table, do they, to the final game of the season? No, King is good at that, isn't he? I don't look at the league table. You're, exactly, fourth, yeah, yeah. you're fourth, Steve. Steve, you're fourth. You're fourth yeah, yeah. in the table. You're three points off top spot, Steve. Yeah. Uh, FA Vars is his focus this weekend. Uh, three of our teams still going strong in that competition. Uh, Dealer at home to Cobham. Uh, you've got Town heading to Hilltop uh, and Holmesdale of the third team still standing and they are at home to Highworth Town. Uh, getting to the latter stage of this competition now, Matt, and, and all three of those teams are probably starting to think about a place for the big arch, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I don't know. Hilltop used to be in the um, programme uh, Walking Dead, one of the places. I don't think it is <laughs> there, but, it's in, but they're playing at well, Burnham. Like, it's like that one in Saltburn. It's not about the place near Middlesbrough, is it? No, <laughs> but I got, yeah, I don't know how good these teams are. Again, Kingy would have them come and watch. Erith, well, we'd love it if all three could go through, John. Again, I haven't done my homework on Cobham, Hilltop, or Highworth Town, but Probably. I'm sure our, our, our teams will have, and I'm hopefully confident. Shows the quality of the scaffold that we can get at least two of those three teams through. 
Absolutely. Uh, league fixtures this weekend. It's Corinthian against Whitstable, Fisher against Snodland. As we already heard, Kennington against Lordswood. Punjab United are at home to Glebe. It's Rustall against Faversham. Stansfeld against Lidtown. Tunbridge Wells take on VCD Athletic and Wellingtown against Bearstead. And then on Tuesday night, Irith against Fisher and Punjab against Welling. And then on Wednesday night, Lid against Deal, Snodland against Hollands and Blair and Sutton Athletic against Holmesdale. Uh, into the Scaffold First Division, uh, quite a few games uh, last weekend and some interesting results along the way as well. And an absolute wonder goal as well, Matt, which I'm Ooh. going to discuss very shortly. Uh, but on Saturday, it finished at Brighton Ropes 2, Rochester United 2. Uh, FC Elmsford were 5-1 winners at Canterbury City, a hat-trick in that one uh, for Kola Salami, as Elmsford trailed with 19 minutes to go in that game and won it by five goals to one. Uh, it was Greenways 1, Staples Monarchs 2, SC Timsmead 2, Meridian VP 1, and I've left it till last, but Forest Hill Park nil, Faversham Strike Force 3, two of those goals by Marshall Ratton, and I don't know if you've seen it, Matt, but one of them, I don't know if it was the first or, or the second that he scored, absolute wonder goal, unbelievable strike. Uh, yeah, I did see that. Marshall Ratner, I know him from his David days. I always thought he was a good player and probably good down the left-hand side, could get up and down. Wasn't really given a chance by Andy Hessenthaler, but I saw that left-footed. The angle of the cameras is brilliant because he cannot get a better angle than that and he puts it in the top corner. And I like all the um, the, the noises from behind the camera and his teammates sort of um, uh, amazed by that. But yeah, a hell of a strike. You won't see a better goal than that all season, I'm sure. Now, unbelievable. This on Saturday, it's Elmstead against Larkfield and New High, Faversham Strike Force against Sporting Club Thamesmead, Greenways against Brighton Ropes, Lewis and Borough against Canterbury City, and Meridian VP against AFC Whiteleaf, Rochester United against Tooting Beck, Staples Monarchs against Forest Hill Park. Uh, we don't normally mention it too much um, at this stage of the competition, uh, but on Tuesday night was the Kent Senior Trophy, uh, the replayed game between Larkfield and New Hythe uh, and Corinthian, which obviously was the game which was abandoned when young Cam had his collapse uh, incident. And Larkfield and New Hythe, very generously, uh, any money that came into the club that night, they gave to the fund that Corinthian have set up for Cam uh, and his family to help him through. So that's a really nice gesture. And there were two new winners in that tie as well. Uh, were Larkfield and New Hyde. Uh, let's move on up then to the Isthmian League, where there's a game going on as we speak between uh, Ramsgate and East Grinstead. Uh, now, Lansing have come along this week, Matt, and they've put a right cat amongst some pigeons because they beat uh, Ramsgate on Saturday and then followed that up with a draw at Cray Valley PM on Tuesday night. And I don't think any of us were expecting that uh, after that, but there are 18 minutes to go as we speak uh, in the game between Ramsgate and East Grinstead, and it's 3-0 to the Rams. So it looks like normal service has been resumed. The Rams will be 11 points clear uh, come the close of play. If they hold on to this result, uh, Cravey do have three games in hand. Uh, but that's a massive result for Ramsgate to bounce back uh, after their, their disappointment. Uh, Jack Paxman, uh, the new signing that we hinted at last week. Uh, they've now got Jack A. Paxman and Jack S. Paxman. Uh, Jack S. Paxman is the new one, scored within two minutes uh, of his debut uh, on Saturday, but it didn't quite pan out as he was hoping. And I don't think, Matt, any of us actually saw that result coming on Saturday. No. 2-1 uh, up, I think, Ramsgate were as well, when they then conceded a few goals from that. Yeah, again, you can't expect them to win every game. Um, home, well, you've only uh, conceded 12 goals in 18 games. You don't expect to concede four, do you? Yeah, no. Um, 17 yeah, well, games. Lansing having a good season as well. They're, they're the a problem side for our Kent sides because they're the ones stopping when them and three bridges have come up to them as well. They're stopping our, us having a clean sweep in this division. So, yeah, a good result and, and even probably an even better result for them at Cray Valley, who, again, still unbeaten after 16 league games. Seems crazy they've only played 16 league games, Craig. But, yeah, 
maybe I think it's the Cray home form that's let them down because they're very good away from home, aren't they? But not drawn all their games at home. So I think, um, yeah, I, again, it's Ramsgate's, I think, probably to lose. Um, Cray Valley probably need to win a majority of their games to the end of the season if they can have a chance. But the way Ramsgate are particularly playing at home. Yeah, high. They've actually played even fewer games in Cray Valley 15, now. Only 15 yeah. for them. But that, that game between those two sides was called off uh, on Saturday. The other results on Saturday, it was Ashford 3, 3 Bridges 2. Uh, Irith and Belvedere beaten 2 0 at Horndean. Phoenix Sports was 4 0 at home to Broadbridge Heath. Uh, Seven Oaks were beaten 2 1 at home by Herne Bay. Sheppard United went down 3 1 in their home game with Chichester. City Moor 4 0 winners over Beckenham. Tuesday night, I've already mentioned. Uh, that it was a 1-1 draw between Cray Valley and Lansing. It was also a 1-0 defeat for Ashford United at Broadwood Teeth. And here with the Belvedere beaten 2-0 at Merston. And that proved to be the final game in charge for Matt Longhurst, uh, who's mm. moved on after just under a year in charge at Irith and Belvedere. Uh, he leaves them next to the bottom of the table. They've played 20 games, um, more than most of the teams around them. Only 12 points to show for it. Uh, 10 goals scored. Hasn't been a great season for Irith and Belvedere, and now they're going to try. Is, 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 is he resigned or has he been sacked? I, I think I read that he'd resigned, but it was probably a very mutual decision because I think things had, hadn't been working there for a little while, and, yeah. and the results have been pretty pretty poor, haven't they? Yeah, I look at some of the players they had earlier in the start of the season, didn't they? Um, some of the names I don't really recognise as well. So I don't know if there's been a cut in in budget or or anything there. It, it's surprising because I thought you know. I suppose that they, they in the end in the scaffold, didn't they? And that form has continued. So they'll be disappointed. If they want to stay up in this division, probably is the right decision to make. Yeah, this weekend it's Beckenham against Sevenoaks, uh, Sittingbourne head to Broadbridge Heath. Uh, it's Cray Valley against Sheppey United, Phoenix Sports head to East Grinstead, it's Herne Bay against Merstham, Littlehampton against Ashford, and Ramsgate are at home to Burgess Hill. Uh, then on Sunday, Irith and Belvedere begin life after Matt Longhurst with a home game against Inform Lansing. Before on Tuesday, a load of fixtures on Tuesday night. Ashford against Ramsgate. It's Broadbridge against Sevenoaks. Cray Valley head to Burgess Hill. Herne Bay go to Chichester. Uh, Hyde go to Lansing. And Sittingbourne go to Littlehampton. So a lot of trips to Sussex uh, on Tuesday night for our teams in that division, Matt. Yeah, a couple of big games this week as well. Cray against Sheppey, massive game uh, on the Saturday, Ashford against Ramsgate. Ashford's form has been up and down. Um, they would love to uh, dent Ramsgate's uh, promotion hope. So, yeah. So, I think it's, we'll know again next, with with games picking up, it's going to be Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for a lot of our sides. So, the league may, particularly the playoff places, may become a little bit more wiser for us to see who are the sides in there. But again, fair play to Sittingbourne. Ryan Maxwell has done a great job there. He really has. Uh, that just leaves for the East Mini Premier Division, uh, the division that those teams would love to be in next season. Uh, Chatham were beaten 2-1 at Bognor Regis on Saturday, uh, meaning they are seven points behind the leaders, Hornchurch, uh, with, uh, who've got two games in hand. Hornchurch had a change of manager haven't they, with Steve Morrison uh, going up to Sutton, uh, but I'm sure that probably won't derail them too much. Uh, it was Cray Wanderers 1, Lewis 1, uh, Folkestone Victor 1, Wingate and Finchley 1, and Margate beaten late on at Whitehawk. Uh, by three goals to two as Mark Stimson's wait for his first win goes on. And then what was just the one game on Tuesday night involving our teams, which finished in another 2-1 defeat uh, for a Tech Kent team at Bognor Regis, this time Cray Wanderers uh, on Saturday in that division. Cray Wanderers on the road again as they go to Billericay, uh, Chatham Town at home to Chessant. Uh, it's Enfield against Folkestone. Margate are at home to Concord Rangers. And then in midweek, there are 
a handful of games. There's one on Monday, which has caught me unawares as I skip, skip through the page. Uh, but the uh, Margate hit a Chessant and a Kent Derby uh, on Tuesday night as Folkestone take on Cray Wanderers. I mean, those two teams currently sitting 17th and 16th in the table. Uh, I think either one of those would very much like to win that game, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think they would. And I think Margate will know a lot about where they're going to be. I think Mark Stimson um, has had 16, ga- he had 16 games at Greys, didn't win a game. He's been at Margate four times, haven't won again. You'll know where Margate are going to be. Massive games against bottom of the table, Concord. I'm concerned that Concord, who got relegated from the National South, a rock bottom of the Isbian Premier League. As, so that's concerning me being a, a Dover fan. Uh, and Chesant as well, another side. Uh, who got relegated from the National South struggling. So um, a little bit concerning. But Margate, from a Margate point of view, I think a win, at least one win out of them is absolutely crucial if they're going to avoid getting sucked into a relegation battle. Well, that's the one, isn't it? The one on Tuesday night looks like the big one because Chesson yeah. are two points behind them with two games in hand. Yeah. Uh, and if, if Chesson, that I mean, that is, that is your typical six-pointer, isn't it? Because it's not just about getting the three points for yourself. Mm. It's about stopping the others from getting three points as well. And, and don't worry about Concord, Matt. They've had loads of problems with the pitch. They've got loads of games in hand. They're going to be absolutely fine. So don't don't stress yourself out about it all, darling. Don't, don't worry oh, well, about that, next season's relegation before this one's even sorted. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm causing myself unnecessary stress so in that position. But yeah, Margate, come on. Mark Stimson, it's a good appointment. Got to show it now. They've got to start winning some matches. So again, it hasn't been a turnover of players I was expecting as well. So um, again... Yeah, Margate needs to start winning. They certainly do. Uh, that's the end of the football chat. Bloody cold, isn't it? It has. Somebody said it's, it's again the old standard. It's too cold to snow. That's what somebody said today. So uh, you know, you know when it's cold from there. Yeah, but it was snow, wasn't cold. there? I mean, I I only saw a few flakes, and it was like in Broadstairs, but up in the sort of uh, north and west of the county, there were certainly plenty of flakes lying, lying around. Well, yeah, we had a bit, a little bit here, but it soon, it soon went. But yeah, it is cold. Apparently, snow's coming next week. Apparently, or well, don't know if it's coming down this part of the world, but um, yeah, it, it, it is cold. Um, I think it might have to bring out the uh, the boots and everything on uh, Saturday at Hyde. But yeah, but it's, it's it's January. What else do you expect, really? Unfortunately, but uh, it is it is harder and harder to get up at quarter past six and take the dog for a walk. I have to say. Um, <laughs> So it's, yeah, it's pretty cold. But it's quite nice because we, we walk by the sea across the, the Esplanade from there. But you the, you can hear the wind and the sea rattling in and it really does get to your bones from that point of view. Yeah, have you been uh, watching anything on the telly? I watched that new programme on Netflix with Michelle Keegan. Oh, yeah, we're halfway through that. So Yeah, we've seen yep. six on that. Again, a little bit far-fetched in places. Um, my wife's a big fan of her wardrobe. Um, do you know what book. I've got? One, I've got one who's a big fan of her wardrobe as well. Yeah, yeah. But if you go on there, it's not a twenty-five pound coat from Primark. These ones, mate. That's so, uh, surprising, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the house they've got? I believe so. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all very glamorous, isn't it? I, I don't. I presume these programs are um, must be in Netflix in America. So uh, I don't know if it's for the American audience to think how wonderful it all is. In the UK, because I it never it's always sunny as well, isn't it? In, in the daytime, so um, and she does wear a lot of nice clothes. I think one of the coats was about three thousand pounds, so um, Oof. so yeah, so um, well, at least you got time to save up for before Mrs. Gerald's birthday, yeah, 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 yes, yeah, a lot of saving up for that, but yeah, she's a big <laughs> fan of the coats, and yeah, but yeah, 
it looks it's a glamorous program isn't it from what it, yeah so but yeah it's, it's very glamorous and yeah, yeah it's uh but i quite enjoyed it i think we got through the four episodes that we watched in in pretty sharp time yeah, just yeah, literally yeah, yeah. One, proper binging of it so it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. quite it's quite easy watching i suppose it's yeah, not yeah, too yeah, much yeah yeah you don't think about it on, much, so, yeah so and again I, and the, and my mum has watched it all and she said oh you've got to keep watching it because it i think there's a big twist at the end coming but i haven't worked that out yet perfect uh i also watched the tourist have you seen that no people at work about that we didn't watch the first series that's supposed to be pretty good isn't it yeah very good actually yeah uh, enjoyable and, and the second series i just literally i was working from home so just stuck it on sort of in the background I ended up getting through it all and it was yeah very interesting watch uh really in uh you know really enjoyed it and uh yes it's it's, it's good I'd, I'd recommend it's good use of your time there's a few programs we need to start watching anyway i do well, i have watched as well i've watched the world cup documentary that's on netflix about the captains where they, oh, nice. where they, which i think from a again because i was at the world cup so that was quite but I, it was quite interesting you learn about history of certain players so um yeah worth a, if you're a football fan and I like football documentaries. It, it wasn't too bad, to be honest. So, and have you finished Slow Horses now? Uh, no, we've uh, we've only just got. I think we're only one and a bit episodes into the second series. Second, um, a second series. You've got the third one to go. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's difficult because obviously we don't live together, so you know, we we only have a small window to watch things because you know we, we don't like to watch things when we're not together. So yeah, we've just got to wait until we get the chance. Hopefully, we'll get to see some on Friday uh this week and and yeah just go from there but it's it's tough mate you don't appreciate what it, what it's like you know it's been a long time since you've lived separate from mrs gerard i'd imagine and, and yeah, yeah. you probably never will again so you know it's but it's difficult to, to 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 understand and difficult to watch tv programs when you basically don't see each other that much well well secondly i suppose you should be watching the um that netflix one with michelle King. i can't remember what it's called but of course it's now late and we won't be watching it because she's probably asleep so i'm there Maybe she's watched it without you, but well, yeah, I thought she'd do. No, she wouldn't be that nasty. Of course, she wouldn't. No, but you know, it's it's, it's to be fair, the re, the fact that we don't spend too much time together is probably why Fee still loves me. But um, <laughs> you know, we'll uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, anyway, we'll wrap it up there. It's been an absolutely uh, cracking show. This one, actually, more good bumper. interviews. Bumper, bumper again. Yeah, it was bumper last week. It's bumper again this week. Uh, four really That'll good interviews there. Make up the next weekend or one of the weekends when it's snowing and we've like absolutely. Uh, yeah, and uh, some fantastic interviews there. So thanks uh, to all of our guests for their time there, Mr. Mr. Warlow, uh, Mr. Fowler, Mr. Scorer, and of course, Mr. Cousins for their time there. Uh, really, really appreciate all of those. Uh, and yeah, hopefully you've all enjoyed the show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Nonley Podcast. Uh, there's also the group Kent Nonley Football Chat, which, Matt, I didn't actually notice this, but passed 2,000 members in the last wow. couple of weeks. Uh, do we, do we know always, how many of those members actually... Listen to the pod, though. That's the I don't know, person. but I plug it in there every week. So one week, if they all listen to it, we'd be laughing. Wow. It'd be our best show we, ever. We would be over the moon. We would be so, yeah. I reckon even if they only listen to it for 10 minutes and then think, what are these two perhaps bumbling <laughs> yeah, exactly. on about? I'm sure it would still count as a, in our listening. Just figures, fast so. forward to the interviews. That's probably the best bit of it. Yeah. Do you know what? Last I don't normally do this, but last week I, I considered um, sort of just putting out on Twitter like markers of when your club was on because I thought, you know what, it's a long old show. But I didn't do it in the end. And, and you know, we had lots of lovely feedback from last week's show. So thank you, everybody, uh, for that. You can also find us on threads and Instagram at Kent NL Podcast. Kent non-league podcast on those two. I don't even, I don't know. You've got no chance, have you, really? Well, uh, it's, at, it's only half nine. It's not the half 11, John. So you've got I no know. excuse. 
Oh, I've, I've had a day off, haven't I? And, and okay, the reason right. we're supposed to record this at eight o'clock, the reason it was half past eight was because I had to demolish an absolutely massive roast dinner that I made myself. Um, so, and I've got another one in the fridge ready to be heated up for, for lunch tomorrow. So, living the dream. Uh, you, I'm at John Phipps 81, Matt is at Matthew on Score Jard. I do know both of those off by heart. It's okay. But yeah, I think we're Kent only podcast on threads and Instagram. I don't really post on them, but you know, it's good. The, the, someone would say it's good for interaction and socials and things like that. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening and we'll speak to you next week on the Kent Only podcast the magic of the cup delighted for everybody at Maystone United make the most of it because those days don't come around very often so yeah what a day I was delighted to be there as part of history <laughs>